Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome in. <laughs> I'm just amazed that I'm looking at Tevin Jenkins. I didn't realize that that was the move by Gregory P. Allen Braggs tonight. On you got it. Bad. Braggs slash Bears after dark. Hi, buddy. You said I would, I'll start the show. <laughs> There's well, the graphic and you're just... Well, I was, I'm like, I was looking at him like, why are, are we doing Tevin Jenkins? And, and that's an interesting look by Tevin Jenkins. And I did freeze for a minute because <laughs> it's how he looks. What do you mean? Interesting look. He looks like he's smelling a fart, dude. <laughs> well, Lawrence, our super producer, he suggested to me to pick a picture because I was getting this nice mini camp picture where he's like blocking a guy, but he wasn't facing our graphic, and he Lawrence said he likes when the he, they're facing the graph, so he's looking at bears after dark. Ah, so that was just a little little pro tip from our guy Law Dog. Well, let, let me tell you something. Law Dog is a very creative, smart, fascinating, tremendous teammate that. Uh, we all appreciate, damn it. So if that's what he says to do, then that's what you should be doing. Bragg's big show tonight, buddy. We were together earlier, and now we're together again. We're back. And the reason I yeah. picked Tevin Jenkins is because Lester Wiltfong from Windy City Gridiron, uh, OGs of Chicago Bears social media, they've been doing it for before Twitter was Twitter, um, posting on chat boards a long time ago a young greg talking about leaving you know be nice to jay cutler you know and things of that nature and they're still rocking and rolling over there but lester is a huge offensive line guy he loves talking offensive line and i know he's put out a few different things here over the summer on his thoughts on that so i just wanted to bring him on where i've been efforting a vikings guy because we did the lions with matt Derry. you know we had peter bukowski from packers so now i'm efforting the locked on Vikings guy, but that may come here uh, for our next Bears after dark in a couple weeks. Interesting. Uh, and you're doing a great job with it and always fun to be here. What's up, Gary Ross? Bragg should grow his hair like Tev. I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, he, w- the, the real question is, Gary, what what can we get Mark to agree to shave his head for? 
Like, is it only Super Bowl or bust? Mark shaves his head. No, or Mark shave his head if Justin Fields throws for four thousand yards this year. Like, where is, the, where is the bar? Mark? Are you in? Are you in my head? Because that's literally what I said. If he goes four K, I'll do it. There it is. Book, bookmark it. We'll clip it. Four thousand yards from Justin Fields this year. Mark Carmen's gonna shave his head. Four thousand yeah. yards passing or total? No, that would be passing, Gregory. <laughs> uh, right. So, uh, very, so on, Justin. I, I listen. I, I would love to shave my head on, on him throwing for four thousand yards. I. I've got breaking news for you. What's up, Nagy? Good to see you, brother. I love our our, our bad crew. Um, so I and I don't want to speak out of turn here, but I don't think I am. I called up my good friend Ed Obradovich today. Actually, I called him last week, and he called me back today. He was profusely apologizing that he forgot to call me back because Ob is the greatest guy. And so we started talking uh, life, and then we, of course we got to football, and then I swear it was like. It was game day. He was ready to take on Green Bay, just like you were earlier today. That this game is 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 the biggest statement game, and the only thing they should be talking about is Green Bay. And let's go. I mean, it was like, and I'm like, Ob, it feels like it's uh, I don't know a Sunday in November right now. Listening to you, he's like, all right, gotta go. I I love Ed Obradovich as everyone does. I mean, when you talk about like our post game shows and what we do. There has never been anyone better for any post-game show in Chicago sports radio history than turning on Buffon and Ed Obradovich after a Bears game, driving out of Soldier Field, and they are losing their absolute loving mind. I mean, I personally thought Hamp and OB was better when I was the, uh, you know, running the Ernie Johnson point of the show, but clearly you didn't listen to that show. You, That's no problem. You guys were great too. That's no, okay. You know, Showing respect to the legends. That's no, okay. It's okay. No, Sorry. no problem. You're, no, you're right. <laughs> Actually, because when that show debuted, nobody had heard anything like it at that point. So it was original and it was just two complete lunatics. Um, but aside from that, I mean, OB, listen. In anyone's lifetime who's watching the show, the Bears have won, you know, two championships, 1963 and 1985. And OB was a part of the 63 team and one of the key components to it. Um, And uh, I don't know, deserves – I I got no problem if they ever retired at 87. I guess that ship has sailed. But he's he's certainly been somebody who has bled – Chicago Bear Orange and Blue for his entire damn life. Um, Illinois guy, the whole thing. So, anyway, yeah. Uh, another guy that has bled blue and orange his entire life is our guy, Lester Wilt Fong Jr., editor in chief of the Windy City Gridiron. He also hosts the T Formation Conversation and co hosts Bear, Bear Imbalance with Second City Gridiron. Lester, thank you uh, for coming on on such short notice. Hit you, dialed you up this morning and uh, appreciate you coming on. Anytime, guys. How y'all doing tonight? Lester, we're doing great, minus the fact that I'm going to have like a two-minute line change in the middle of this interview. <laughs> so when I leave and come back, don't be alarmed. Greg will, t- Greg will handle it. Yeah, Greg's got, got to- it covered. All good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and less, of course, with, you know, we might have to build a Noah's Ark with all this rain we're getting here right? in the Midwest, yeah, and it's storming yeah. outside. So if the power goes out at any point, we're just going to shut this down <laughs> completely, but we should be good. 
uh, Lesser, you know, something we talked about on today's show before we get into, you know, I'm certainly curious on your thoughts with the team and, and training camps ahead. And, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing you in those bleachers out at House Hall. Hopefully everyone's nice to us this year. We <laughs> shall see. But, um, you know, the thing we were talking, Mark and I were talking about today, we talked about it a little bit before you came on tonight. I just, my con- concern, I guess, is the word. I mean, I'm excited for week one. But I, I, ever since the schedule came out, it's abundantly clear to me how important this game is for franchise significance. And I understand there's a long season to go and everything, you know, after that. But the symbolism of this game for Bears fans to be able to say, we had Peter Bukowski on the show, the most hated Packer rival podcaster, came on this show and readily admitted the Chicago Bears have the better quarterback running out on that field week one against the Packers. And I've never been able to say that my whole life. Am I overselling just how important this game is for the franchise, the team, the fans, everybody on both sides of the coin? I mean, yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, it's like you said, as soon as that schedule came out and it was the Packers, there was like a collective, oh, the Packers from a lot of Bears fans because that has been the team. That's been the bugaboo team for, for decades. You never sense the Favre, the Rodgers. I mean, they have just dominated this. I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to go back to the 80s. So I remember back when the Bears dominated the, 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 the matchup. But, you know, it has not been that way in a long time. And if the Bears have that week one matchup and if they cannot pull out the W, it's going to be up. Here we go again. Same old Bears, same old Packers. It doesn't matter if it's Jordan Love or whoever it is. They have the Bears number. So it's an important game for, for the Chicago Bears and for Justin Fields to really show out and, and show that he has made those big jumps in improvement. Lester, you seem like a very smart man and great meeting you for the first time here on the show. And Same, same, uh, same to you. Congrats on all the work you've done. Uh, if, if they lose 34-31, and Justin Fields throws for 325 yards and three touchdowns. Are you going to be upset, or are you going to be feeling pretty good about yourself as a Bears fan? I'll be excited. If that's if that's the outcome, I'll be cool with it. Look, the Bears won three games last year, so if they – I mean, I, I think they have a chance to push for the playoffs in this coming up season, but if they fall short, if they let's say they only win seven games, that's a heck of an improvement going from three wins to seven wins. So – if the season doesn't go as far as the wins is what we all hope it does, but Justin Fields shows that he's the man for sure. I mean, I think we all think he's the guy, but you know, just taking a step as a passer, DJ Moore balls out. The defense makes some strides, you know, 34, 31 with, with a great Justin Fields game, as much as I want to see the W I can't be too upset if that's the outcome. Yeah. But if it's 34, 31 and that means it's a shootout and that means Jordan love is out dueling. Justin Fields. And this is the other part of this conversation. Of course, we all want Justin Fields to show that he's ready to take the next step as a passer in this league. But the other half of this rivalry is their quarterbacks have been Hall of Fame talent. So if if Jordan Love is good, now what do we, we it's 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 that that's another nightmare we have to live. And I think brick by brick, it's coming. I mean, we're we're stacking the bricks, but at the same time, we're hoping their brick wall is torn down and they don't get another good quarterback, you know? And if, if he's and every, and there's a lot of bears fans out there that are, are confident. He's not going to be good. I need to see it. I don't, I I don't know how anyone can say one way or the other, the guy, give the guy a chance to play and then we'll find out. I mean, I mean, what are your feelings when it comes to Jordan love? Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I, I got to see it to believe it. I mean, I, I think the best case scenario for all bears fans is that he has like a Kirk cousins, like career, 
where he's just good enough to win some games, not good enough to win the big one, you know, falters in prime time, but the Packers still say, well, he's, he's not bad. Let's keep paying him. I think that's the best case for bears fans for that, for that to happen. But I mean, the bears defense, they still don't have a pass rush. I mean, I, I hope Demarcus Walker can be that guy. I hope Billings can give a push. Dexter can give a push up the middle. I hope uh, a guy like uh, Dominic Robinson can make, make a, make a, a big stride in year two. Travis Gibson bounces back, but, Again, you talk about we got to see it to believe it. Who's going to get after the quarterback? So if it's a shootout and the Bears can't get any pressure, I mean, even a bad quarterback could shred the Bears' defense if that's the case. Well, if I said it today. If they cry, I'll be – or if they lose, I'll be crying in the fetal position uh, on our postgame show. So, um, you know, now fast forward now, or, you know, to, to what – I wanted to bring you on for it. And for people that don't know, and and most people do know, but for the ones that don't, I guess I'll just explain. I mean, Windy City Gridiron is is the first outlet Bears fans had online, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it's you, you guys, and your boy Roy. I mean, most people don't even remember a guy used to go on uh he used to go on social media and post you know on the internet and post video breakdowns of, of training camp and and in some of the games, it was that was all we had on the internet for Bears fans to escape to. And Whitney City Gridiron has has always been a community for a lot of us, including myself. I used to post stuff in my early days trying to figure out what I wanted to do in this space. So what has that been like for you since you guys have been around for so long? And I know you, you've you been there for so long working hard. What has that been like for you to watch this grow not just what you guys are doing, but social media in general and podcasts. And it turns into Twitter mania and, and we're all fighting each other every day to figure out who's right and wrong. What What's that journey been like for you? No, I mean, you know, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I started with the site uh, 2009, I think it was. Um, I think the site itself has been around since 06. I know it joined uh, uh, Box Media, which is uh, SB Nation is, of course, all the sites. They have a lot of sites for all sports, basically all, all teams. Um, but yeah, I joined him in, in 09, uh, just as a front page contributor, kind of kicked around a little bit here and there, um, eventually worked my way up a little bit here and there. And, you know, I've been editor in chief now for, uh, seven, eight years. I want to say, you know, maybe not even that long, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Like you said, it's a great community. Um, part of it is, is, you know, it's, it's a place for Bears fans to talk. I mean, that's what you guys are as, as well. And, you know, I kind of saw how a lot of outlets all sprung up all around the place. There's a ton of stuff out there now, a ton of great content. I never look at it really as competition. I just look at it. We're all playing in, in the same sandbox. You right. know, if we can't, if we can't all get along, you know, what's the point? I mean, there are some, some people that want to try and make it like a, like, like, like a East coast, West coast uh, rap battle. They want to battle. They want to fight. They want to have these, this drama. I'm not about the drama, man. If you want to have drama, you know, I just kind of ignore you, let you do your thing. You know, I'm all about building guys up. And I mean, you know, we share your stuff all the time. We share stuff from the bears wire. We share stuff from a lot of these sites because, if it's good content, let, let's talk about it. And I have no problem with that. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. And that's why, you know, I want to bring you on and other people, you know, Lou Medina's uh, uh, came on a few times. He's, yeah, he's, he's awesome, become yeah. a good friend. Great dude. I'm also friends with the guys that turn into rivalries. Like my guys, Phil and Shane, uh, they, they, I've been talking to them about coming on one day and you know, it, it's fun. The whole thing is fun. And, yeah. and I, I've always appreciated your coverage and I, and you're right. Everybody can eat from the same plate. And speaking of plate and eating, uh, and then I'll let Mark fire away because I know I'm just like I'm just taking over here. But you know, I know how much you love the offensive line, yeah. and this is something that I'm for me personally. I, when I go to camp, I'm watching the wide receivers one on ones. 
It, there's when there when one on one drills are going on, you got offensive and defensive line battling on one side, and then you got the wide receivers on the other side, tight ends and skill position, and they're throwing the ball down. That's where my eyes are, but I know your eyes are on the other side of the field, watching the watching the meat and potatoes of this team. So you know specifically to the offensive line. You know, what excites you about this? Do you have concerns? What What are your feelings now with this reworked offensive line? I like what they've done. You know, I, like a lot of fans, I thought they were really going to attack right tackle and free agency. Um, it just didn't work out for them. And I know they were after Mike McGinchy. Um, the money got a little too crazy there. The Bears didn't want to quite pay that much guaranteed. So they kind of just set back and, and let the market come to them. And, you know, they lost the lot. A couple other guys, that they, they went to other teams. They were content, man. They were content to wait for it for the draft. Uh, they had a feeling their guy who was their top tackle on their board would be there for them. They ended up moving back one spot, and they still got their guy. Plus, they got a fourth round pick from the Eagles, so they got right there at, at right tackle. And, and was I he like your guy? Was he your guy? Yeah, he was the guy I wanted to get all along. I mean, I liked him. I like Paris Johnson Jr. But uh, because the Bears needed a right tackle, they were all in on Braxton Jones on the left side. I thought right was the best pick. And like I said, man, the fact they got him where they got him. You know, some analysts said, oh, they, they retore him a little bit there. But, you know, if that's your guy, get your guy. And the fact that they were able to go back, like I said, one pick, pick up a, a, a fourth rounder from the Eagles, I thought it was a, a great masterclass from Ryan Poles there. He had no intention on going with Jalen Carter, none at all. Let's go back, get our guy, plus a draft pick. And that really sets that line up because they got Nate Davis in free agency, who is a, a quality guard. Um Cody White here had a little bit of injuries the last couple of years, it seems like. If he can stabilize the center spot, if he can stay healthy, I think the O-line has a chance to be uh, pretty good this season. Lester, let me throw you a hypothetical because you brought up Mike McGlinchey. All right, the Bears were in on him by all accounts. Then, as you put it, the money got too crazy, and let's just assume that that's, you know, that seems what it is. Let's just say for argument's sake that the money didn't get crazy and the Bears got him. Who do we think that Ryan Poles was targeting for the draft? Because we've heard him say so many times, right? This was our guy. This was our guy. This was our guy. Doesn't it? It's just making me curious in the moment, wondering like, who was your other guy? That you, you know, I guess I did hear some Lucas Van Ness stuff right, yeah. leading up to the draft. So maybe that maybe that's the answer that I'm as I'm talking this way through to myself. But it's just kind of interesting if that had actually worked out. You know, Van Ness was an option. Uh, there was a lot of talk about the kid from Ohio State, the the receiver, um, uh, Smith Vigua. I mean. I'm not sure if that would have been really a, a great fit because the Bears just just made a big trade for DJ Moore, but you know, it's a passing league. You know, if you're going to win a title, you got to pass the ball. So if they would have got one of the best receivers on the board at that point, you know, that would have been a good way to go. Maybe another trade back even further uh, would, would have been another way to go. So it's just interesting the fact that, that that's a good hypothetical, man, because who knows? Because they were all in on Braxton Jones. He was clearly their left tackle. They clearly love what they have in him. So. I just think everything worked out. It's it's very rare for Bears fans to have things work out perfectly. Um, mm -hmm. We kind of saw it with Justin Fields that the draft kind of fell perfectly for the Bears. Yeah. So so maybe the maybe things are turning here for Bears fans. Maybe things are starting to go our way for a change. I did feel like that was kind of like a turning point moment because uh, right? that was the that was the morning the morning of that draft was when Adam Schefter put out that Aaron Rodgers might not come back to the Packers. And there's, there's, and you know, they've had drama throughout the year so much so that Packer fans were sick of Aaron Rodgers by the end of it. But there was that. And you saw where it was like, this is the beginning of the end at the very least for that marriage. And then all of a sudden we get a quarterback that falls to us and we make the good move 
to move up, you know, because, you know, hey, credit Ryan Pace, the one move he made on the way out is farewell move after everything that went awry. Uh, you know, you got to give him credit, especially if it ends up working out and the Bears can win a championship with Justin Fields. But, uh, you know, so it, it's interesting in that regard that that things did – I feel like they started to turn there. Um, you know, going back to the offensive line, uh, I certainly have some depth questions to you, but I guess we'll yeah. stick with the starters for now and go to that left side. Cause you've touched here now on the right side guys, but you know, Tevin Jenkins moving to the left side, you know, how he's such a mauler, right? Yeah. He, and, and they put him in at guard and he adjusted to it fairly quickly, you know, just because he's, he's looking for somebody to hunt, you know, yeah. and, and that's, you want that in your offensive line. How hard of an adjustment will it be for him footwork wise and everything to move to that left side? And, and, like, how fast do you think he'll be able to pick it up? You know, going uh, left to right or right to left at guard is a little easier doing it at tackle. Uh, at tackle, there's more space between you and the, and the guy on defense. Uh, at guard, things happen so quick. And, and plus, another thing that's in, it's in Jenkins' favor is, you know, the same as first time playing on the left side. I mean, the Bears, when the Bears drafted him, he was a left tackle. So he had that, that left side footwork. When he was in college, he did have some time at, on the left side as well. So, the fact that he doesn't have that muscle memory really ingrained and set in right now on the right side, I think it's good for him. And then plus the fact that once they made the move for Nate Davis, they told him right away, hey, you're going to the left side. So he had a chance now all offseason to work on his footwork, his hand placement, to work on seeing things there. Uh, and then, of course, during the offseason, now he's, he's next to Braxton Jones. He's next to Cody Whitehair, you know, getting used to how those guys are, are, are operating, how they pass off stunts and twists, because that's, that's a huge thing with the O-line is – trusting the guy next to you knowing how he does when you're double teaming knowing when you have the good feel to go off to the second level or to stay a little longer if you have to it's just uh it's good that he has that whole offseason out of work on that left side and i love this tape at guard at tackle i love this tape at guard he's a good football player i think he'll be fine on the left side level of concern on his health luster one to ten yeah uh i got i gotta go pretty high i gotta go seven at least i mean he hasn't been able to stay healthy uh, it's neck injuries, back injury. Those are yeah. two really tough places for, for, a, for an offensive lineman, obviously. But, you know, he talked about the one surgery he had before was supposed to clean up some stuff. Um, he had an injury last year and then, you know, the rest and then the rehab kind of helped it up. And he's talked about, it. he's very self-aware of what he had to do this off season to strengthen those muscles. He's discussed it in the press conferences. Um, I think he's, he's as ready as he possibly could be for, for the upcoming season. So, Fingers crossed he stays healthy because, like I said, he's a really good football player. Now, you said, you know, uh, the Bears, you know, believe so much in Braxton Jones that, that that's why Darnell Wright was the right pick. How much of a believer are you in Braxton Jones? Because when we talk to some guys like that have played the game, you know, Corey Wooten, uh, we had big Steve Edwards on, you know, they voice their concerns about him still. And obviously he needs to get stronger. But where do you stand on Braxton and you know how he did last year and what you think he can do to take another step this year. I, I talk about Jenkins being self-aware, what his problems were. Same with Braxton Jones. He talked about it you know, even going back to last training camp. He knew his problem was with the anchor, with the bull rush. That's something he's talked about. You can't fix that as a rookie going into your first year, but now going into his second season, he's had the entire offseason work on that. You know, a lot of his hand placement, a lot of it is, you know, the, where, where you put your feet, how you how you engage the blocker. You know, it's not all about pure power, but 
He has had now an offseason to work on his core strength, so I think he'll be fine there. You know, he has great feet, and that's what you look for when you look at a tackle. Someone has good feet. Um, he has a, a, a pretty a, a pretty good back. He doesn't he doesn't lunge. He doesn't reach. He doesn't get caught. You know, uh, off off balance very often. You know, it was all the bull rush. And if if you have turn I'm on the com- turn on the commanders tape, <laughs> yeah, he got yeah, bull rushed a few yeah. times in that game. Yeah, it, it was, I mean, he knows it. it. It's a rough. But if you have one glaring weakness in your game that you know and you can work on it, I think he'll be fine. I'm not expecting him to take a huge jump and be a, 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 a Pro Bowl talent in year two, but I think he has that kind of potential because of his his upper body strength, because of his feats, uh, because of his quickness. He's just a uh, again, he's a good football player, and I can't wait to see him grow. Is he is he just another Charles Leno though? Where you know you appreciate him because his best ability is his availability. He's not going to be, and he's a you know later round find just like yeah. Charles was, but he's going to play a lot of games, and you know he's going to be there every Sunday, but. At times, he's going to get beat. Is that, is that the road we're heading down, or does he have a higher potential ceiling? I think he has a higher ceiling because he's a little more athletic, it seems, than Leno was. I, I like. I, I wasn't one of these guys who were really anti-Leno. Um, I like Charles Leno. You know, you, you can't have five all-pros across the old line. It's just not going to happen. I mean, if you do, that's great. But the fact that if, if Braxton Jones, if, if all he is for the next five, six, seven years is a really solid – left tackle that's fine because now you don't have to chip all the time you don't have to help him all the time you don't have to turn protection to him all the time he'll, he'll need help once in a while i mean all tackles need help with the speed rush on occasion but if you trust him you know more than you don't i think that's good and then with with on, on the right side now with right you know, he comes in a league as a as a one of the better pass blockers in college so he has to work on his run block and if that happens there and now you got two guys that you trust moving forward Again, I'm not expecting Pro Bowls out of either one of those guys this season, but you know that potential's there. Lester, this is uh, Bragg's after dark, Bears after dark, so things <laughs> can get a, a little bit different at times. I want to know uh, if we can sit on the psychology couch for just a second here. Your love for the offensive line. Where do you think the genesis of the of your appreciation for the for the big uglies up front that don't get the the, the respect that they deserve? Where do you think it came from? Yeah, I mean, I, I played it in my youth. You know, I played I played here in college at, at tackle. Um, I just have always been on the line. I mean, I from the first day I stepped in on, on football flag football as a fifth grader, I, I was I was told, "Oh, you're you're the biggest guy on school. You're the center. You're the nose guard." And then as I went kind of went through, I kind of turned into offense defensive tackle. And then uh, you know, just as it went on, I just always became the tackle. And then, like I said, I just fell in love with those guys. You know, I, I grew up with uh, Keith Van Horn. You know, Mark Borch, you know, these are the guys I really like watching play football. Jay Hilgenberg, like I said, I'm from the 80s, so I go back that far. But wasn't just those guys, too. It was uh, Anthony Munoz, you know, there's these guys, uh, you know, John Hanna with the Patriots. I just always appreciated, you know, what those guys brought. And, you know, part of it probably has to do with my my coaches in high school. Uh, my O-line coach was great in high school. He just always preached about how, you know, the offensive line is just a brotherhood. You know, football's family. But the old line is brotherhood. The rest of the guys are like the cousins and the nephews and, and and stuff like that. So, you know, it's just all about the brotherhood of the old line. Well, and I always say, you know, I, like we were saying at training camp, I'm watching the wide receivers. You're watching the, the the meat and potatoes on the other end. It's the same thing in the games. Like there's a lot of fans that watch the ball, watch the quarterback. And the people that really study the game or have played the game, they'll always tell you they watch from the inside out. They watch the offensive line first and then branch out to wherever their eyes go as the play develops. I've never been that guy. It's always hard. For, and, I, and that's why I like when, when you have a good telecast, a good broadcast team, 
that really explains it. And obviously John Madden is, you know, what made him famous yeah. was trying to break this down to get the simpleton like me to understand why these plays are executing the way they are. And, and I know that you come from that school where you're going to watch it from the inside out. Let's just underline that was such a phenomenal answer. I loved, I loved hearing it, Lester. So thank, thanks for the background on it. And I'm an '80s guy too. Loved Hilgi, Gimme Van Horn, Jimbo Covert. Although I do wish the Bears had drafted Dan Marino that year and not and not Jimbo because we would have had about seven uh, Super Bowls. But that's okay, no problem. Can't redo it. Jimbo is a first class dude in his story and. Uh, in the documentary on the 85 bears where he talks about how he picked up Steve McMichael and body slammed him down. That was awesome. Um, so for your money, who's the best bears offensive lineman right now? Uh, last year was Tevin Jenkins. And uh, until I see otherwise, it's probably gonna be Tevin Jenkins, but like you talked about, I mean, he's got to stay healthy. I mean, if he, if he, if he could play, you know, 16, 17 games this year, I think I talk about pro bowl potential. He, I thought he had it last year, you know, before he got hurt last year, he was being talked about as a pro bowler. Um, he just is a, like, 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 like Bragg said, man, he's a mauler in the run game. Um, he, he, he's a smart pass blocker was last year. He didn't get beat very often when he did. It was, you know, something goofy happened. You know, a lot of it is just feel, you know, uh, some of the stuff that, that for his sacks he allowed last year was uh, on twists and stunts. And, and that's, you know, as a guard, you know, that you have to know how that's coming. And it was his first year at the position. So for, for what he brought to the team last year as a first-year guard, I thought was pretty fantastic. Well, and, you know, who's next to you? It's a trickle-down effect. And that's why sometimes it's so hard to evaluate players on a bad team yeah. because defensive line and offensive line specifically, they're all trying to work together as a single unit. And when you, you've got a revolving door because of injuries or bad play on each side of you, and each week, like you said, it's trying to identify where the stunt's coming from, where the blitz is coming from. You know, you, you also got to take into account what is Justin going to do because he yeah. might just take off. And and if he doesn't, I can't go too far downfield because he can't, you know, a legal blocker downfield. There's a lot, you know, that you have to compartmentalize as an offensive lineman. So you hope that there's continuity this year. And let's just hope for everyone's sake they stay healthy. But we know that's just not how the NFL is. Yep. You know, uh, one more thing in the offensive line, then we can move to a couple things. You know, I don't want to take up your whole night, but I do love talking football with you. But, I, you know, when, when I can learn something uh, about things that I, I want to know more about my Bears, I really want to dig into it. So with the depth on this offensive line, when you talk about swing tackle, you know, they, they brought in Alex Leatherwood, you know, and, and you look at this, you know, center situation, Lucas Patrick as a potential swing guard center, whatever you want to say. I, I guess what I'm more interested in is I'm pretty sure I saw you put something out about Jatir Carter um or Jatiri. I sometimes I butcher his first name, but um I'm pretty sure I saw you put something out about him being a, a potential option at center. Do I have that correct, Lester? You know, I actually got that from Greg Gabriel. He said that uh when he was at this, I think it was a senior bowl, he worked a little bit on the interior, obviously. And you know, I you know, obviously the media is not at all the practices, you know, but so it's hard to say where he's practicing. But you know, Greg said that you know he understands it that you know Jatiri Carter was gonna try and work a little bit at center. Um, the Bears are high on this guy because they kept him on the active 53 all last season. You know, he, he didn't play. You know, he, I, I don't I don't think he, he rarely dressed, but they felt so much of him they did not want to put him through waivers to go on the practice squad. So they believe in his upside, you know, and if he can kind of work himself in center here, maybe not this year, maybe in a couple of years, maybe he's the center for the future. 
It's interesting. I mean, is anybody else that are, as far as these depth pieces stand out to you? You know, I know the kid from Illinois, people were excited about last year because he's a local kid. Alex Leatherwood, former first round pick. Can he hold that down as a swing tackle? Please please stop talking about Alex Leatherwood. His his film (laughs) last year was very inconsistent. His first game, he, he was pretty good at the point of attack. Uh, his second game out there, he was just uh, horrendous. He just is very inconsistent, and I don't think the Bears are very high on him. I know they, they of course, they, they signed him um, as through waivers, you know, last year, and he kept him around all year. He had the mono, of course, really saps your strength. I know talking to my guy Mason West he said that mono just, you know, really, uh, really uh, hurts you as far as what you can do physically. You know, here basically, you know, shut down, and he could do nothing. He couldn't work out, couldn't do anything. So he, you know, maybe his best is yet to come. I'm not quite so sure. You know, I like the film from uh, Kellen Deach a couple years back, and the Bears got him as a uh, as a pickup late in the season. He was on the practice squad all season, um, six foot six, six foot seven, real big, tall guy, but a really short arm. So obviously, the knock on him was right away he couldn't play tackle. And obviously, with the Bears have these 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 arm length thresholds, they're going to put him at guard. So I want to see him in camp. I want to see what he does there because, like I said, his college tape I thought was pretty good at, at left at left tackle there for Arizona. Um, really good athlete that really stood out when you watch him on film. But again, the arm length thing tells you he's going to be a guard. Um, if you're six foot seven at guard, you're going to work on your pad level. So if he can kind of get all that under control, maybe he's a guy that kind of playing a swing there. And other than that, man, you mentioned Lucas Patrick. I'm fine with him. I mean, it's hard to say who he is because last year he didn't really play much without a club or without the issues at center. He what like six snaps at center. So who knows what he's going to be. But other than that, man, it's like, yeah, nope. I think Larry Borum is is better be ready to come to work yeah. at the end of July because I felt like he got called out at the end of the mini camp press conference about this is a big summer for him and he's got to be ready to go. I was like, oh boy, you know, you may he might find his way getting cut if he don't step up here. Camp comes around. Lester, do you oh, 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 real quick off? Larry Borum yeah. was salty when the, when the Bears drafted right to. He had a, a tweet put out yep. there. I mean, he deleted it, which is you know smart on him, but it's like. Come on, man. I mean, you have to know the, the situation here in Chicago. You are a reserve. The Bears drafted a guy. Like like Bragg said, man, go to work, man. You know, put the put the work in and show that you could be a swing tackle. Do you want George Fan as a backup option here? Uh, Gary Ross, our guy, has been banging the drum. I think, I think he's got about seven George Fan posters <laughs> by this point up in his, his bedroom. <laughs> you know, I, I would like a, a veteran – offensive lineman brought in much like I want to see a guy on defense come in at the edge. I think there's some, there's always room to work in the trenches. I think you have more depth. There is fine. Um, if a guy like fans looking to come in to be a reserve role, that's fine. We'll see what happens. I mean, the bears still have a ton of money in the cap. You know, they're going to have to make some, a move or two here, you know, the next few weeks before training camp starts. So if, if one's an edge, if one's a swing tackle, I think that works. All right. Let's add, they, hold on, they, you, I'm sorry, Bryce. You no, think they good. had a play? You, you think they had a player on the offensive line? You think they had a player on the defensive line? Maybe even two. I mean, it's possible. I mean, it's uh, it, it all depends on where this team wants to go. I mean, you've heard Ryan Poles and Coach Flues talk about adding an edge all offseason. Every time they're asking the press conference, they talk about it. They've they've mentioned trade. They mentioned free agent. You know, so we'll kind of see what happens. But I, I can't see them standing pat on the D line. And a lot of it is for free agency. It's up to the player. Because, you know, the Bears are, like I said, a three-win team. So if you're a veteran edge, you know, looking to, you know, to skip all the offseason OTAs and you're looking to come into camp, you know, and you got a chance between the Bears or uh, Chiefs or the Niners or a team that's a legit title contender, they may go there to chase the ring. But 
who knows? The Bears got the cash to offer. They may, you know, just just you know, offer a little bit extra where it's hard for those guys to turn it down. But yeah, let's hope so because you know, big picture, which is where I wanted to, you know, finish this with you is, you know, I hope this team can compete and and at least be what the Lions were last year. I feel like they have that capability. I mean, maybe the Lions team last year was a little better because they're a little ahead, more ahead of schedule than where the Bears are defensively. I think the Bears defense still has lots of proven pieces they still need um but you know at the same time the division isn't as good as it was last year so there's an opportunity here i think for the bears when you look at this and the way the division's laying out no more big bad wolf in green bay the ding dong the the witch is dead we finally uh they don't have a quarterback up there the vikings i don't know they're like trying to rebuild without saying they're rebuilding you know uh (laughs) And then you got the Lions as the the favorites, the the everyone's sexiest pick. They're putting them on prime time against the Chiefs. We've been doing a little bit of uh, rivalry, you know, podcasters from other other uh, teams coming on here lately. And I find it funny a team that hasn't won a division championship since 1991 or a playoff game for that matter since like '93. You know, the Lions are always going to find a way to lion. So where do you stand when you look at this division? I think the Lions are probably are the odds on favorite. You know, I mean, they what they won uh, eight of the last nine games last year. You know, they have a, uh, a a good enough quarterback to win some games. You know, they have what they're in the third year of the regime, so they kind of got a good culture set here. You know, the gambling issues, losing some players uh, could hurt them uh, offensively. We kind of see how that shakes out, but you know, they have talent uh, up front. And that's what you need to win in the NFL, especially in in the North. You know, that's uh, you know they have uh, probably the best O line. Their D line is pretty damn good as well, so I yep. think they have the, the the talent to kind of win it. But but like you said, man, with Aaron Rodgers gone, it's anyone's division. I would not be surprised if the Bears won it. I would not be surprised to see the Bears win six, seven games. But like you said, I the think Vikings, the only team in this division that would be like you'd be surprised if they won it is the Packers, right? Well, I think them and the Vikings, if if, if things go right for us, I think they'll be battling off for for third and fourth place. Um, again, it all hinges on Jordan Love. I mean, if Jordan Love is good enough, they could be there. The Vikings have enough talent, but like you said, what are they doing? Are they rebuilding? Are they trying to reset? Are they trying to do a, 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 a soft rebuild? It's a very strange situation. Briggs, I don't what? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> don't, what? don't, don't be, don't, don't, don't. How many games did the Bears win last year? Three. 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 They were they were trying what? to lose. Yeah. So okay. I look I at it the other way. They won 14 games. They let got me, us the number let, one. Let me, let me let me moderate the conversation for five seconds. They won three games, right? All right. They did they have the number one overall pick? Uh, yes. They were the worst team in the NFL. Yeah. You're gonna tell me that if the Bears win the division this year, it's not a surprise. Well, to everyone else, but we follow this team so oh, closely okay. here in okay. Chicago. You, we know you, better. We, we knew. We knew the whole <laughs> okay. time. Okay. 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 <laughs> now, the national guys, they're going to be so All shocked right. when All they right. see this great team run out there week one. They, just, they don't know. But we're going to keep it a secret because anytime the Bears are hyped up, they're bad. You know, we, we went through this in 2019, the last time the Bears opened the season against Green Bay. They kicked our, you know, kicked our teeth in or our, you know, our dreams down when we thought we actually had a good team. So, yeah, when they're when they have no expectations but a, you know, solid roster, that seems to be where the Bears play better. So I, I like exactly where they're at right now. No hype, just go to work and uh, surprise some folks. That's where I'm at. What do you think, Mark? I mean, is that a better mentality? I, I just, I, I don't. 
listen, I'm all for let's dream it big. Let's anything's possible in life. The fact that you, me, Lester, and 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 King Book of World and and Trey Five and Don Burr and my Red Pillow are all hanging out tonight is is a, <laughs> is, a, is, a, is, a, is a is a is a is a miracle in itself. However, um, you know. I, I don't want it to be like this is like the Bears are going to have a successful season as a fait accompli here. I, 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 I'd like that to be a pleasant surprise versus like you're we're running with expectations that the Bears are going to win nine or ten games. I don't. I mean, as we get closer to the season, this is when I start to fully form into a meatball, you know. And it, every every preseason game, the meatball right. builds, yeah, and, and then and I just become this giant, just extra layers going on the ball. Yeah, yeah you're onions, right. everything. Yeah. All right. Well. Um, it, it sucks that, uh, I need to be the voice of reason at times, but I, but, but I, it's, it's, that does, it's scary. That's what it is. Cause you, the voice of reason is, is a scary proposition. Now, before you came on Lester, I don't know if you heard, but Mark Carmen here agreed to shave his head. If Justin Fields throws for 4,000 yards, Now I don't. Like, have we ever had a 3,000-yard passer? Let's get to talk about realistic expectations. I don't even know if we've had that, you know, but we've never had a 4,000-yard passer. Uh, one of the few teams left in the National Football League to not have achieved this goal. I think Eric Kramer was the one that came the closest, yeah. right? So uh, when you talk about Justin Fields, big picture, his chance to take the next step, you know, he was a, a, a rising star in the league, but to become a superstar – be Jalen Hurts. Take that Jalen Hurts step. You know, he got a weapon just like just like Jalen Hurts got. He's got all the talent. Do you see that kind of step happening? Because they got a lot of talent now on that offensive side of the football. We were talking about today, DeAndre Hopkins. Bears fans like, we don't need DeAndre Hopkins. Like, <laughs> the fact that you can even say that as a Bears fan after looking at who was trying to catch the ball for Justin last year is an unbelievable job. Credit to Ryan Poles, but – is Justin Fields going to take the next step this season in the passing game? I think he'll take a next step as far as his efficiency. Um, his accuracy will kind of take a step up. Hey, you know, having better weapons around you obviously will help Justin Fields. I don't see him cracking the 4,000-yard barrier quite yet. I'm not even sure he cracks uh, Eric Kramer's uh, passing record, 38-38. Carms, hair um, safe. I think he'll get close. But I think he'll fall just short. I think he has a better chance. If we're talking about which record he can break, I think he has a good chance at breaking the Bears' uh, passing touchdown record, which is 29. Just because I think uh, Luke gets, he has a nice, he has a nice red zone <laughs> package. We kind of saw it this last season, and I think with more weapons down there, uh, you know, with with Cole Komet being a viable option, Robert Cunyon now in the red zone has been really good with Green Bay. Chase Claypool, I know a lot of Bears fans are down on him, but we're talking about a six foot four guy who is a big, strong, physical player. You know, he can wall off those guys and, and get those box out, you know, passes in the red zone. I think he has a good chance at, at getting that record. But as far as the yardage, he'll come just short. Hey, uh, if if he breaks the touchdown record for a bear quarterback, Braggs, what will you do? Well, that's what I was just about to ask you. You jump in. If now he put I already that have there. mine. I'm, I'm on okay, the Okay, but now, like, can we add the 30 touchdowns in No, there? we cannot. Because oh. I, think, I think that is. You should have just shaved your head in solidarity with me. I thought we were in this together, Carm. You, it, I, I don't shave my head in solidarity with people that shave their head because they get drunk and their wife is looking <laughs> at them. And that's. That's not that's not my reasoning. I thought you hey, we want to do something uh for a great cause. I'm in, baby. But you're you and your uh Fourth of July whiskey weekend 
it's it's not gonna get me to go there. <laughs> it's always whiskey weekend over at the Bragg's residence. So, well, Lester, I yeah, again appreciate all your time here tonight. Um, you know, like I said, I'm hit you up on short notice, trying to figure out kind of where we wanted to go with tonight's show, and uh, you were nice enough, gracious enough to uh, accept the offer, and and the the invitation is always there, man. Um, Lester, like I said, I've known you a long time, so I appreciate your coverage. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Greg. But Lester, great stuff. You were awesome to talk Thank to, you. man. Thank it's you. Super fun. Yeah. And, you, and you're going to see Lester at training camp. Great. He'll be, he'll be the guy. Get, he'll be the guy. He'll be the guy getting patted down. <laughs> we both will. You know they're yeah. chasing us around. Man. I got to be on my best behavior right. now too. So yeah, you're you're official, man. You can't mess around. Now. Yeah, you can really, really you know, be I, in there and uh, you know my itchy trigger finger. Get your yeah. burner to do all your all your videos for you now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, and then you got the Colts. Uh, you know that. Yes. This I'm so excited for these joint practices. I've never been to a joint practice in person. And when they did the one against the Dolphins, I couldn't go to those. And that was Justin like lit them up one day. And I was like, like me in the FOMO, just losing my mind. So I'm so excited to go down to Indianapolis and, and see their training camp facility and watch the bears, you know, take on the Colts and Anthony Richardson. I hear he looks like, this Greek God out there, you know, talk to JJ Stankovitz about it. And so uh, it'll be exciting when it gets to that point. I don't know. Are you going to any, uh, I, any idea if you think you'll head down there? I'm not going to make it. I know Jeff Burkus, he'll make it down there for us. Uh, he's Jeff. actually in Indy for uh for a work thing. It just happened to be perfectly where he's there and he's free during the, the, the way the Colts practice. He's going to probably try and go to both, uh, both open practices. And cool. plus the Colts, they don't have a media policy like the bears do. So you can go down there with your phone and, See, Film not, away, you're man. already you, you're already in my <laughs> mind ready. space because I already was talking to Hogue about ready. this. I'm like, well, I wonder what the rule. I wonder if they got the brag signs posted around Colts <laughs> camp. We'll see. So, uh, Lester, once again, thank you for coming on. Uh, we'll always give you guys a shout and support your work, and we appreciate you always uh, being there for us too, especially tonight. So, uh, look forward to talking to you down the road. Thanks again for for coming on CHO Bears. Anytime, guys. Have a good one. Yes, sir. Thanks, that Lester. Is our guy, yep. Lester Wiltfong, editor in chief over at Windy City Gridiron. Make sure you follow their coverage along with what we're doing here at CHGO Bears After Dark. Bad. Bad to the bone. Burn, burn. <laughs> you want to bring him back on so you can say goodbye to him one more time? I think that might have been the longest. Goodbye. I do a lot of that. I'm not, I'm not good. I'm not good at ending shows. I'm not good at ending interviews. I always just want to like, you're good, but you're good at everything else. You've got it down to. I'm not really good at anything. I (laughs) don't don't say that. Don't I'm not good at anything. You know, no, no, stop. You're great at everything. (laughs) You are a huge superstar. Jack, Jack of all trades, master of none. I think that that probably suits me pretty no, well. You're, you're a I do a lot of stuff, but uh, that's yeah. I don't, um, you know, all right. Certainly wasn't a master mason. Right. Can, okay. we, um, can we? Can let me just tell you something. It's you can. Cr- you couldn't. You look at when you did that. You couldn't get your one finger to to cross. What do you mean? Look at that one. You're struggling with it with the one pinky. You got it now, but you were struggling. It's. A, I'm. A, don't ever question my athletic ability in anything. Is this athletic? I don't know. It's flexibility. It's part of being an athlete. Okay. It's, it's, there's a reason uh, why the CHGO sp- softball team is 
on the verge of making history. All right. Are we, uh, do we have anything else we want to do tonight, Gregory, or are we going to say goodbye to everybody and say, Cliff Victoria, you were in this, in the comments a ton tonight. Cornelius, you were awesome. Don Burr. God bless you, buddy. Let's yeah. go. You, well, you- I mean, I, it, it's, it was a productive evening, you know, obviously, you know, hearing about the offensive line from Lester, but I, you know, most importantly, we've got something on the books for you to potentially shave your head on the show. And I like, if that's the most I get out of bears after dark this summer that I can take with me into the season, then I've done my job here. Uh, you have, that's, exactly <laughs> right. uh, well, we got some things lined up here coming down the road. Like I said, uh, you know, we've been doing these every other week. So a couple weeks from now, well, efforting uh, locked on Vikings, you know, podcaster as we did with locked on lions and Matt Derry and Peter Bukowski locked on Packers. So, Hoping to round that out and finish the uh, Vikings conversation. That that would be just before camp. Uh, so we got some other ideas coming down the road too. So excited! I am. It's starting to boil over. Mark can feel it. Uh, training camp is getting near. So we're finally starting to move off of some of the off-season conversation that I know Bears fans kind of wring their hands about. So as we get closer, the more excited I get. I'm super fired up for the season. I do have probably unrealistic high expectations for this team. I do. So I'm excited to get to that point to see if any of it will come to fruition. And I'll remind you, Mark, I am the reigning champ on picking the Bears last season. Thank you very much for many, our CHGO Bears team. All right. I think Excuse I went 14 and three last year. So. All right, it's me, you, Nick, and Brad Spielberger on tomorrow's show at noon. I will expect your prediction for how many wins the Bears will have by the end of the show tomorrow. I don't want it now. You get, I want you to sleep on it, and I want you to tell me to, on tomorrow's show how many wins the Bears will have. That's a good tease. And that's why you're a pro in this business. That's, yes. that's a teaser. Thank you for watching Brags After Dark, the only show that has been named after a man who's got his own T-shirt and has a you bald got, hat. I gave you a T-shirt. Yeah, but that's it's that's not for sale. It's you, limited you're, edition. You you have a real T-shirt that people are able to buy. Congratulations. <laughs> I I, I want to be you. Um, I'll keep on bugging upper management. So shout out to you and shout out to everybody who jumped in tonight. Um, Okay, Hogus, my daddy. Thank you so much. We will see you in two weeks on <laughs> Bad tomorrow at noon. And training camp is creeping oh so close. So enjoy the rest of your July 5th. White Sox rained out. Cubs and Brewers are in a 1 1 tie. And I'm going to go get myself some dinner, Greg Gregory. So come on yep. down to the South Loop if you want to meet me. I'll be sitting by myself thinking about my life and you. So <laughs> have a good night. Enjoy your dinner. Everybody, you. we'll see you tomorrow afternoon. Brad Spielberger, bear down.